podcast one production. G'day, I'm Tim Harcourt and welcome to the Airport Economist. In this series, I'll take you to the key markets of the world where you can do business and do it well. I'll guide you through the economics, politics and social history of each place and talk to an expert about the tricks and traps of doing business in each particular market. But first, strap yourself in because in this episode, we're off to Mexico. An Australian, an Englishman and an American walk into a bar. Sounds like the beginning of a joke, right? Well, it did happen on my first visit to Mexico. In fact, it happened on the very day the USA invaded Panama. And when I walked into a bar with my English and American friend, the place was full of Panamanians, angry at what President George Bush Sr. had done. We quickly explained that we gringos were not Americans, but Aussies, English and Canadian. OK, we lied about the last one. But things soon settled down after that. At the time of the Panama intervention, USA had also signed a free trade agreement with Canada, with talk of it being extended to Mexico, because of Mexico's economic difficulties and to slow down the rate of illegal immigration across the US-Mexico border. I've since visited Mexico a few times, and two President George Bushes later, free trade is the name of the game, with President Trump renegotiating the USA's free trade pact with Mexico and Canada, while at the same time battling Congress to build his controversial border wall to tackle the illegal immigration issue. Mexico sure is now a much more open economy than in my first visit, with a great network of free trade agreements and membership of the Pacific Alliance and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. This newfound openness to trade is one reason why commentators have been talking about the Mexico moment. Mexico is also looking to Australia too. I saw this on my last visit when I visited Monterey, just a two-hour flight from Mexico City. And a funny thing happened in Monterey when I visited food manufacturer Grumo Maseca. I noticed a huge Western Bulldogs flag on the factory wall. thought, how could a Melbourne-based Aussie Rules football team have any support in Mexico, which is after all soccer heartland? Well, it turns out that same company manufactures the Mission Flatbreads line in Australia and sponsors the Western Bulldogs Club in the AFL back home. And the general manager pointed out that as soon as the company got behind the Western Bulldogs, they won their first premiership since 1954, ending a long drought with a highly skilled young team. That win was the Western Bulldogs moment, which for many was a long time coming. Now the general manager and his compatriots are hoping for the Mexico moment to come their way as well. SAU Gaza, yes. welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a great honour to be here with you, Tim. Now, you're the pro-Mexico Trade Commissioner for Australia. Now, is Mexico a North American country, a Latin American country, or a Pacific country? Interesting question. Actually, we're all of the above. <laughs> we're right in the middle. I would say we're a Latin American country, obviously, because of our background, but economically, we're more of a, of a North American uh, country. And we're part of the Pacific as well. So we're pretty much uh, in the middle of, of all these 
uh, Crossroads you just mentioned. Member of APEC, in fact. Yes. The Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. Yes, as well as the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Pacific Alliance, uh, which comprises uh, different countries like uh, Mexico, Chile, Colombia and Peru. Now, tell us about the Pacific Alliance. What was it designed to do? I mean, I know that your countries have been very active in Australia and New Zealand with it. How does it work? Yes, very good. Well, the Pacific Alliance is a trade agreement, uh, but that goes beyond just trade. It also integrates best practices among the countries. It integrates uh, free movement of people within the countries. It integrates financial harmonization in the participating countries. So it's a little bit more than just a trade agreement. It includes other areas that make the whole region uh, integrate in different fields. Now, often when I'm in Mexico, I'm told you're the United States of Mexico, of course, and you're a member of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, something that the United States of America is not a member of. Can you tell me how the Trans-Pacific Partnership is going to help Mexico in Mexico and Australia? That's, that's a very good question as well. Well, Mexico is an open country to the world. We have uh, trade agreements with 46 countries as of now, and the Trans-Pacific partnership will allow us uh, access to uh, new countries that we currently don't have uh, free trade access to. For example, uh, Australia, which is very strategic for us, uh, New Zealand as well in the region. But particularly, uh, I would say that the aim of being part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership is applying the new set of regulations and, and rules that bring the skills and level of the trade agreement to a new level. Uh, updated, including uh, areas such as uh, e-commerce, for example, and will allow the preferential access of goods and services with countries that Mexico currently doesn't have a free trade agreement. So in this case, it's a great opportunity that almost uh, will come into force, hopefully early next year, and will allow better access of services and goods between Mexico and Australia. Now, you say you're a Pacific country, a Latin American uh, country, but also a North American country. You've just renegotiated the agreement with Canada and the United States. Uh, how does that affect the new agreement affect Mexico? Well, I would say more than a renegotiation was an upgrade. These new agreement contemplates also aspects that were not considered before or were not present during the past uh, North American free trade agreement negotiation. For example, e-commerce as well uh, is something that didn't exist before and now it exists. Additionally, areas that Mexico reserved previously for the government, such as, for example, the energy sector, hydrocarbons or telecommunications, is a sector that's now open for participation from the private industry as well as foreign uh, companies. So it integrates a whole new range of uh, things or, or laws that upgrade the previous agreement. Obviously, there are some areas that we needed to agree upon to come to an agreement with, with the United States that we were not very keen of. However, I would say at the end, the final negotiation kept the trade agreement uh, alive and also upgraded uh, some areas that needed to be put into present regulations. And originally Canada and the US got together and then extended to Mexico. This time Mexico and the United States got together, almost left Canada out, but they came back in. Yes, well, I, I would say it's always better to have 
all the original members participating in the same free trade agreement. It's important to mention that uh, even though we have renegotiated the the new uh, free trade agreement with Canada and the U.S., it still needs to be ratified. So we're in the process of having the three countries ratified. So there's still a little bit to do uh, by all the members. However, I think we're in a very positive uh, position where all three countries will ratify it. Now, thinking about Mexico and Australia, we've had a very strong historical relationship in terms of business and economy, haven't we? Yes, and growing, actually. It's very interesting to see how Australia has been growing its interest and its investment in Mexico recently. Last year, Australia became the sixth largest source of foreign direct investment into Mexico. This accounts for close to 1.5 billion US dollars last year, which is a very significant growth from previous years where investment hadn't been that significant. And this is mainly because I would say Australian companies and firms are starting to see Mexico as an opportunity to grow and extend uh, their presence in a profitable way. So uh, we hope to see uh, a continuous growth in the investment. We see interest, for example, in mergers and acquisitions, particularly in the infrastructure sector. Additionally, and as I mentioned just a little bit before, with the opening of Mexico to fields or or areas that were previously reserved for the federal government, such as hydrocarbons, Australia has been able to participate in the new bidding uh, process uh, to explore fields with potential uh, hydrocarbons. And BHP, for example, won the first bid that Mexico placed in the market, becoming the first private company and the first foreign company to participate in an exploration process with Pemex. And this project is expected to grow up to $11 billion in investment throughout the different stages. So hopefully, with this engagement and this openness that now Mexico has, we'll be able to see more engagement and more investment from Australian firms. What are the, what are the highlights of the business relationship between Mexico and Australia? Is it, is it mining? Is it infrastructure? Is it automotive? Is it consumer goods? Well, curiously... Mining being such a strong and, and, and with a long history uh, in, in Australia doesn't have such a big presence in Mexico. We have a very big presence from Canada, but not really from Australia. What we see in terms of, for example, investment in mining, we see juniors or explorers that find uh, very good resources but eventually get bought by Canadian companies in Mexico. This is uh, something we see almost every time. Uh, Hopefully, in the near future, we'll see investment from some of the big uh, Australian companies with the experience and interest of growing into Mexico. And hopefully, afterwards, we'll see uh, the follow of uh, other mining companies that could also come into Mexico. We have 70% of our land has not been explored yet. So we have large potential for uh, growth in the mining industry. But this is not the only sector. We obviously incorporate lots of technology from Australia in in the mining industry, not only for exploration, but for different processes throughout the chain. Uh, But additionally, and and this is a little bit related, in the advanced manufacturing, we are also seeing uh, projects that are moving into Mexico or are collaborating with Mexico. And another area is uh, in the financial. For example, Macquarie, uh, group has a very uh, strong office in Mexico, uh, participating in different uh, in different projects through financial schemes and in a very successful way. So I think we still have plenty of room 
uh, for more investment to come from Australia, plenty of room to, to collaborate and increase the engagement we currently have between Mexico and Australia. And why do you think Mexico is the place for Australians to invest and do business now? Well, I think we're in a moment in history that's very interesting that we should take advantage of. What's happening with our northern neighbor right now has been very challenging. I think our relationship with the United States is not going to change uh, for many reasons. Uh, it's a very big and, and, and important market uh, for Mexico. However, Mexico is starting to see the importance of diversifying and finding new allies with who Mexico can grow. And, and here is where Australia becomes a very important partner. We, uh, we, we've seen uh, people, for example, uh, in the workforce that are interested in working more with Australian firms than with American firms for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, I would say the image and the brand of Australia and Mexico is very well regarded, has a very uh, positive response. And in, in that regard, not only uh, the image of Australia, but also the opportunities. And I, I would say Australians can find Mexico a place where they can do business with in a very similar way to that in Australia. Let's say it's not just sign the contract. It's about building a relationship. It's about becoming, uh, getting to know each other. It's about involving not only uh, work, but also a friendship and this is, I would say, an area where Mexico and Australia are very like-minded. Would you say the top opportunities in Mexico are in infrastructure, utilities, manufacturing? Is there anything I've left out? Or? Well, obviously, there's, there's many other areas. I would say, well, most of our exports to the world mm. are manufactured goods. Mm. So Mexico, as a manufacturing powerhouse, has potential to extend the presence of uh, Australian firms and reach the North and South American uh, markets, not only the Mexican market. Mexico as a market is also very interesting. Uh, we have a population of close to 130 million and our average age is close to 26 years old. So we have a large population that had just started working, starting to earn money, starting to spend that money. And as a market, I believe it presents a great potential for Australian products and contents and technology. So I would say it's not only manufacturing, however, it's one of the strong areas where Mexico has uh, participation worldwide. Uh, but for example, there's also areas for cooperation in agribusiness, in education, in research, in mining, as we mentioned, and, and, and other fields. Uh, energy, for example, uh, renewable energies. Mexico's growing quite rapidly in the generation and installation of, uh, for example, solar fields or air or wind uh, farms. So uh, there's many, many different areas that uh, we could very easily analyze and, and find specific opportunities for uh, Australian companies that might be interested in extending the reach to the Americas. So you're a big country, you're a young country, You've got an aspirational young middle class, educated middle class that's, that's growing. Yes, that's right. So uh, as a market, also, for example, we're graduating 110,000 engineers every year that go right into the industry, for example, in the automotive industry or the aerospace industry. So we are also building the, the capacity to fill the needs that the companies in the manufacturing 
sector have. And this is also an area where Australian companies can benefit from. They will be able to find skilled people, people with talent, people that are ready to learn the the special skills that might be required for a certain task that can extend the, the reach of Australian companies into the Americas. Now, when I was in your hometown, Monterey, I went to a food manufacturer and I saw huge Western Bulldogs AFL poster yes. right in the middle of Monterey. Now, that's a connection with the food industry. Yes, well, <laughs> that's food industry marketing. You many many of the things uh, that we just mentioned that we share between Mexico and Australia. Yes, a company that's based in, in Monterey that specializes in tortilla manufacturing has also a company or a manufacturing facility here in Australia particularly in the Victoria State in, in Melbourne. And they found a very interesting way to uh, getting close to the, to the market, getting close to the consumers. And this was uh, through the idea of becoming sponsors of one of the foodie teams here in Australia. So, I mean, how, how closer can you get to the Australian community <laughs> than becoming a, a sponsor of one of the teams that, by the way, just be, right after they become the they sponsors... They won the premiership, won didn't the, they? Yes. Yeah. So it was the Western Bulldogs footy team. They hadn't won since 1954. That's right. Well, yes, and, and well, this is the... You know, everyone in Australia has a favorite team in, in footy, Australian footy. And uh, sometimes this can be very controversial. <laughs> so every time I need to choose a team, obviously I choose a team that's backed by a, a Mexican company, and this, that's the Western Bulldogs. It was very astute because they won the premiership as soon as you backed them. Well, yes, uh, that was a very good strategy, I would say, yes. <laughs> well done. The Mexican moment with the Western Bulldogs. Now, if I'm an Australian company and I want to get a foot in the door in Mexico, how do I do it? Do I go and see pro-Mexico? How, how does it work? Yes, well... That's that's one way. Uh, obviously, there's many ways to go into Mexico. Um, however, ProMexico facilitates this uh, access to Mexico. We work very close with our counterpart in Australia, which is Austrade. Yeah, in so Mexico to, City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so together, for example, we can support and assist. And we also work very close with the local states, mm-hmm. the local state governments, uh, particularly in the area of economic development. Mm-hmm. So depending on the type of project, on the, for example, skills or, or special infrastructure that might be required, or any certain aspects that need to be considered for that project, we can fine-tune the search on where would be best to to visit Mexico or to, to start a, a due diligence process. And then we, through our offices in, of ProMexico, throughout Mexico, uh, we can also help follow up on the next steps. For example, if it's trying to find uh, a local parts, components, or products, we can also uh, provide information. But the idea to to support companies when trying to expand their business into Mexico is to pretty much take them by the hand, show them where the opportunities are, show them the process in Mexico, and make sure that they feel confident and and are sure that their business is going to be profitable and uh, take off uh, rather smooth and and easily. So in this regard, for example, uh, if we have a company that's interested in, in exploring a business possibility with Mexico, yes, I will encourage them to visit or send me an email to uh, ProMexico, and then through us we can guide them the way that will be more suitable uh, to explore that business opportunity in Mexico. Now, Mexico is a big country, so it's not just Mexico City where you should do business in. There's other places that perhaps we can recommend. And I usually ask uh, the companies 
to visit not only Mexico City but other places so that they get an idea of the different uh, markets or the different uh, suppliers they may find or, or different uh, uh, infrastructure that may be available for them in, in Mexico. Now, what about customs? I mean, we get this impression in Mexico of siestas and sabata <laughs> hats. You know, what, what are the customs I'm meant to do when I'm doing business there? Do I take people out to dinner or lunch? Do you build the social side up at yes. the same time? Well, I think this is what we were talking about. We're very similar in some aspects of, of doing business. Yes, in, in Mexico, I would say it might take a little bit more time than than just signing the contract. You really need to develop the confidence, develop trust between the involved parties. So uh, obviously we have very professional, very um, uh, companies that have a long trajectory of doing business in with many companies or many parts of the world. However, yes, uh, my suggestion would be that you consider that the start is not going to be a, a quick start. It's going to take time. It's going to require time and, and visits perhaps both ways. Uh, from Australia to Mexico, but also inviting perhaps a counterpart from Mexico to visit Australia and, and get to know the company and get to know the processes here in Australia as well. And once that relationship is built, it's going to be rock solid. So it's not just going to be for the good times. It's going to be a relationship that's going to work through the difficult times as well. And it's, it's I would say in the business area, it's a very professional way of doing business. It's it goes beyond just doing the business. It's making sure that the involved parties have a profit, that the involved parties have mutual benefit of uh, the business. Do people make mistakes? Are there any typical mistakes they make? Well, yes, there are mistakes. Uh, obviously, we need to consider, first of all, that uh, we speak a different language. Mm-hmm. So getting, ma- making sure that your counterpart is understanding exactly what you're trying to say and that you are understanding exactly what... what your counterpart is trying to say is very important. Sometimes translation can be uh, one of the first uh, mistakes. Mm, so okay. even though we have uh, pe- many people in Mexico that speak very good English, it's very important to make sure that uh, we're in the same understanding. In this regard, uh, most once that the important decisions come into place, everything's done written with a contract that's in many cases in both languages. Additionally, as I said, it's important to visit Mexico so that you are sure that the person you're dealing with and and the project that you're planning to develop with Mexico is with real counterpart that really fits the requirements that you're looking for. It's not something that you do over the internet or by phone. As I said, it's it's strongly advisable to uh, visit and get to know the people that you're working with. People know them in the flesh. Exactly. Now, I've found... Mexico, very safe, very intellectually and culturally stimulating. But you see headlines about crime and and so on. Should you be cautious about that? Are there other challenges you should look at when you go to Mexico? Yes, well, obviously, being such a big country in terms of population, Mm. uh, we do have some issues in terms of uh, safety and security. However, I would say, for some reason, unfortunately, only the bad news are the ones that really cross the the borders and, and the walls and the bridges and the ocean. So it's important to be there and see by your own eyes what's going on in Mexico. How safe is Mexico? I mean, I was just there with my family uh, very recently. We visited three different states. We drove actually from each state to each state and we had a great time. We didn't have any issue. I would say like in any country you visit, there's some areas that maybe you shouldn't visit or you shouldn't be there uh, at some times during the day. 
so just take these precautions. And in regards to the areas that we are having some security issues, those areas are basically not in, in the cities where businesses concentrate. So yes, even if the if, if the news that reach Australia are not the best, it's always important to see what and where that's happening and make sure that you'll see that um, that's not happening, for example, in Mexico City or in some of the cities that you may be visiting in your trip. So yes, do take caution, do uh, listen to the local advice perhaps on, on where to go or, or where not to go uh, like you would do in any place. But uh, besides that, I would say Mexico is a, it's a very safe and lovely place to go. Just last year, we received over 38 million visitors. That's just, just as if all Australia visited Mexico last year. And most of those visitors were visitors that came to Mexico for the second or, or third time. So if we didn't have uh, security, if we didn't have uh, a safety that's required to receive all this number of tourists, they wouldn't be coming back again. So that's, I would say, a good indicator uh, with numbers that shows that Mexico is, is safe to visit. So, uh, I mean, despite these concerns, most economists, uh, OECD people say, now is the Mexican moment. Do you think that's the right prescription? Well, yes, I think we're on the right track. Uh, we have a, a very good inertia, particularly in the growth of the economy. We've been growing. Uh, we've obviously facing hard times with what's happening globally, particularly with our northern neighbor. However, this at the same time, in my view, brings opportunities. So, for example, uh, what's happening around the tough negotiation process with other parts of the world is placing interest in Mexico as a market to continue access without uh, taxes to the U.S. So uh, it depends on how you see things. In, in my perspective, Mexico is a promising country. Mexico is a young country. And we're not just attracting business, for example, um, just to attract business. We are building the infrastructure that's required for that business to grow. We're building the skills uh, so that the companies that arrive to Mexico have the people they require with the skills they require to grow. And we're building everything around together with the, for example, universities or academia, with research centers and with the local governments to develop the infrastructure that's required. So we're building the eco ecosystem so that we can receive better and new projects and be ready for them to be successful. What's your final tip for someone wanting to go to Mexico? Well, we're working on a direct flight. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hopefully we'll see uh, a direct flight uh, sometime soon. It's finally uh, a commercial decision. We do have an agreement between Mexico and Australia, mm. so planes can fly between our countries. Actually, some flights that go to the U.S. fly over Mexico, so that shouldn't be a, an issue. However, um, the connectivity right now from the U.S. to Mexico is so productive and so profitable that some companies don't want to change that uh, business model. However, hopefully we'll see interest and, and with companies that are acquiring fleets with a larger uh, capability or, or reach, uh, they would be able to include Mexico as a one-stop destination. So this would be the, the, best, the best way to uh, visit Mexico. And my suggestion would be when you visit Mexico, even if you do it for business, try to spend a little bit more time because you will enjoy the food, you will enjoy the music, you will enjoy the people. Uh, so always try to spend a little bit more time since you're making a big trip. I'll do that. And when you have the direct flight as the airport economist, I'll be the first one on it. Fantastic. Thanks yes. for your time. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of the Airport Economist. 
I hope you enjoyed listening and picked up a few useful tips along the way. The Airport Economist podcast series is produced by Liv Proud, audio production by Darcy Thompson, and executive producer is Jennifer Goggin. The Airport Economist is recorded at the studios of Podcast One Australia. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au, download the app, look us up on iTunes. And don't forget, there is also the Airport Economist TV series and book of the same name. You can find out more at our website, theairporteconomist.com, before you take off. Well, thanks for joining me. I look forward to our next business adventure together somewhere in the big wide world. I'm Tim Harcourt, and I'm the Airport Economist.